Brothers and sisters, yesterday we spoke about the heart of Jesus in the tabernacle, Jesus himself exhaling power. It's this perfume of the power, divine power coming off of him. He is alive and active in the Blessed Sacrament. His presence is transformative, like the sunlight on our skin. Uh, gives us a tan. Jesus spiritually tans, as you could say. But we see this, a qualifying factor of this in, in, in the Gospels, that, that Jesus is in people's companies, in their presence. But the ability for them to be truly affected, to truly receive the fullness of the power in him, is by the virtue of faith. And we've spoken about this many times before. There's our faith that will allow that power to flow out of Christ. Because faith makes a spiritual contact with the actual heart of Jesus. So you could say, how do we touch the heart of Jesus? How, how can we claim on that heart? Well, it's faith. And also hope that there is other virtue that causes us forward, not just to believe in Christ, to make contact with him, but to also to move towards him. Hope kind of brings us towards him, you know, desiring him also trusting him that that he has this power in his heart to flow into us so we go to adoration when we first begin our time of adoration with closing our eyes trying to still it still our minds and hearts on the business of the world by making an act of faith that jesus is, is really there that he's present with his power with his heart and you know jesus this power is flowing he's powerful but it can be wasted in the sense that people may not be really believing that Jesus is before them, that their their hearts are closed. So that's that's just to close that off from yesterday. Today we want to speak about the way that Jesus, when we come to adoration, in as much as it's our time to adore the Lord, to worship the Lord, to be concerned with the Lord, most of our prayer should really be concerned with God and thinking about God and thinking of others, you know, praying for others at times. Um, but really above all, God, just to enjoy him so that he could fill us up with his love so that we could go and love and take care of people. You know, to be close to people is to be close to God. Sindrafka, the Lebanese saint, when she was really discerning whether to at first go into a strictly monastic kind of contemplative life, um, the advice she got was, Rafka, well, to be close to people is to be close to Jesus as well. And she did that. And eventually the Lord, after she was purified and she'd served God's people, God will bring him apart to serve himself in a more direct way in the contemplative life, but also to serve people. Because that life of deep prayer is not just about selfishness. It's not about like Gollum in the, in the Lord of the Rings, my precious, you know, just this kind of disordered, prideful obsession with God, as if God's your private procession. No, God is, God is, God's vocation is a great communion. He's there for everybody. So nobody goes into this private world to just hold God only for themselves. And sometimes that's a temptation for us in contemplative prayer. Um, and it's something the Lord has challenges us all deeply on that level too. That God's not a personal possession. That he's there for the whole church. And and that, that you know, part of humility is to, to be able to share God with others. Because we sometimes when we love someone, we want them so much for ourselves alone. <laughs> But, but the, the, the humble soul goes into deep contemplative prayer or monastic life to, to be able to, to share God with others by praying and allowing God's grace to flow out into other people's lives. And, and of course, there's this healthy love to be alone with Christ at times naturally because that's just the law of intimacy. 
you know, there are times to be where we, we, we need to be alone with God. And that's why God leaves us that presence in our heart or in our homes or maybe those moments he allows us to be in front of the tabernacle or the monstrance alone with nobody around. He wants to speak to us in a very personal way. Um, but always with this memory that God is there to be shared. And that's hard for us because the things we love, we want all for ourselves. But anyway, he, he, St. Manuel comes to say that Christ, as much as we're there to dog on the tabernacle, Christ is also listening. There are things he has to give after first listening to us. And that, you know, that we can forget that, 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 that it's helpful to know that when we go there, we're actually with a person who cares, who listens deeply. He says, to listen always, I invite all men and women who still have a grateful heart to take note of the meaning of this work of the heart of Jesus that the gospel has let us discover. First notice that I don't say hear, but listen, which means hear with interest, with attention, with gladness. And then I add the word always. These are the three things that nobody in the world does to listen always, to listen to everyone, and to listen to everything. No one wants to know everything. Not even the most firm lover who enjoys listening to the one he loves could possess the strength in his head, heart, and sensitivity needed to be able to listen to everything always. Nevertheless, our sensitivity, our heart, and our head claim and always seek a kind ear. Most probably, you have encountered someone of great knowledge who does not find anyone who can receive his teachings or someone with an ardent heart having no one with whom to share his hopes, or another one suffering from illness and having no one with a compassionate ear to listen to his laments. I tell you, the wise man, the lover and the suffering who are not listened to are the unhappiest men on earth. If people suffering from loneliness could find somebody to listen to them, the terrifying plight of loneliness would be at least half of its fears. Brothers and sisters, we do have someone who listens to us, Christ. And so he's talking about St. Manuel that... that a lot of people experience fear and loneliness in this world because there's no one who wants to listen to them. They don't get to vent or view their views. They feel under, misunderstood, misheard, unheard of, etc. But he said, you know, this takes deep faith. But, but, but Jesus is there and he really listens to us. And he loves us. There's nobody on earth or in the world that loves us as much as God loves us. And he's truly a real, real person. And we have to really believe that. And... Now can, he says, now can we understand the exclamation repeated in the scriptures several times. Listen to me, to whom shall I go? Lord, so will I be heard. So he says all these different phrases that we see in the scriptures. Now we can understand the work of the heart of, the heart of Jesus that the gospel reveals to us. To listen always. Souls, you who have something to tell and find no one to listen to, know that in the tabernacle there is someone who is always listening to everyone and to everything. Always. Do you remember? The disciples asked the master to bless and heal the sick at the end of the day, as well as to quiet the winds and the sea in the middle of the night when he was sleeping. He listened to their pleas for help in the glory of the transfiguration, as well as in the humiliation of Calvary. He always listened to everyone. He listened to the simple disciple who asked in order to know, as well as to the shrewd Pharisee who asked in order to trap him to the crowd that was pressing in on him, as well as to the blind man on the roadside, to the immaculate mother, as well as to the sinful woman. He listened to everyone, to everything. He listened to everything, to the petition made in faith and spoken from the heart by the woman with hemorrhage, to Zacchaeus, to the blasphemous shouts at the praetorium, to the triumphant Hosanna, and to the false testimony, 
to the silent weeping of the penitents and to the evil thoughts of his enemies. He listened to everything. And he continues living in this way in the tabernacle, listening to everyone and to everything. So we, we just make that visit with the Lord and we know that he's listening to us and we rest our hearts on his heart and put our heart on his heart and, and just say, Lord, I know you understand me more than anybody else does. I'm very misunderstood at the moment. My family doesn't understand me. My colleagues at work do not understand me, but you understand me, Lord. And it's from that point that we get a sense of consolation. May the Lord bless you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.